Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, March 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is going to be talking a lot about Rasmus Ristolainen today. I figured. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to be talking about that Rasmus Ristolainen contract extension. We'll talk about last night's game versus the Panthers, and we'll wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Lockdown Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button and you will get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So we got a little bit of surprise news yesterday. We knew it was sort of rumbling in the background, but we didn't know they were going to actually go through with it. And uh, Mm -hmm. Rasmus Ristolainen is re-signed or extended for five years at $5.1 million per year. No, uh, no move clause. So I thought that part was interesting as well. Um, we have some stats on him as of the contract signing 13 points in 49 games. And of course, the Flyers will always point out that he's got 177 hits, uh, third in the NHL for defensemen, because that is the primary stat which they talk about Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, If you recall, we gave up our 2021 first round pick, our second round pick for 2023, and Robert Haig. So uh, first off for us, I guess, are we surprised that the contract extension happened and for the amount and term? Well, I was surprised it happened because I kind of was listening to the stuff in the wind that he really wanted to test the market. My guess is, though, is that his agent probably did sort of check around the market and maybe realized, okay, maybe that that six by six kind of deal is a pipe dream and we could get this from the Flyers and, you know, where do you really want to go? And I think in the end, it's one of those things where, you know, he had a bad time in Buffalo, not initially, but really bad time his last few years there. And, you know, the fans like him here. So that was something that certainly weighed in his favor, I'm sure. I don't think the contract's bad. People who want to say it's a bad contract, it's not. It's just he's not an offensive defenseman. So if he were, yeah, they'd be spending a lot more. But it doesn't mean he's worth a lot more. What he's worth is for exactly what you said he is. And, you know, I there are other guys like that around the league. And some make more because they're a little better defensively than than Risto is. And look, they're getting him in prime years. This is this is a reasonable deal in that regard. Did they still give up too much? Yes, they still gave up too much. Because if it had been the first and the second and no Robert Haig, fine. But the fact that they did give up that, I feel like that was too much. But again, better that they signed him in the sense of getting that value back than if they didn't. Now for the people that really wanted to rebuild, 
Did you really think Comcast was going to rebuild? No. And I think, you know, there's a couple different dimensions to look at this on. The first of which is I am always, always a proponent of being allowed to have a gut reaction to something like this when it happens. And then you can sit and think about it. You can read stuff. You can reconsider and have a different reaction. And it's okay to have two different opinions on something like this, your initial reaction and a later Mm -hmm. reaction. And so I totally understand people being upset about it initially and, you know, making fun of the flyers for doing a deal like this because people are 100% correct. Statistically, by the numbers that we have chosen to measure defensemen, he looks terrible on paper. No question. But that being said, I don't think it's a huge overpayment for a second pairing defenseman in a defensive defenseman role. Now, is he going to make mistakes out there? Yes, he does. But he's a known entity. And so I'm not sure the Flyers thought that maybe they could do better in the offseason and get a better deal for somebody who was going to be better. And with all of the uncertainty of this season, they probably leaned heavily on the known versus the unknown. I agree with that. On the other hand, I do also sort of subscribe to the theory of the sunk cost fallacy because they did give up a lot for him. This was Chuck Fletcher's big swing. And I do not think he was going to give up on that big swing because of A, it was that huge move and B, mm-hmm. what they gave up for him. And there's no way that that didn't factor into his decision making. No, I agree with you 100%. But in the end, it's still, you know, replacement value on him if he's gone would still be higher than this, this number. And they didn't really I agree. They don't have a lot of cap space. And maybe they'll get some more back, but, you know, they've got some RFAs they're going to keep. They're not going to keep them all. And, and they have at least probably three players to, to add on to the team, whether they're real low-level paying ones or, or not, because they'll bring up some youngsters too. But, you know, I think you had to look at this and say, all right, if we let this guy leave town, we don't know about Ryan Ellis – where is our defense even going to be for next year? And then could they really even make the argument that they're going to be competitive? You probably can't. So if nothing else, this just keeps that thought going, even though it's probably a fleeting thought. But they're going to keep it going. Yeah. And, you know, I can say, having thought about it, I still might have preferred that they try and get some assets back and trade him at the deadline instead of extending him. But I absolutely understand why they did it. And it's not you know, the worst decision. I I do think that, again, having a known entity in place on that second pairing is a good thing to a large degree. Still Mm -hmm. don't like him as a player, honestly, but I I understand the logic of of what they did. Well, players like him too. That's another factor. Yeah, he's good in the room. And, you know, that's a thing that, that people seem to respect. So I, I understand that as well. And Chuck Fletcher is a traditionalist. So this is a traditionalist kind of move. Uh, you started to talk a little bit about, you know, what this could mean for the trade deadline otherwise and what other moves and other kids they might call up. But what do you think will the Flyers will do on that front? 
Well, I mean, you know, we're hearing a lot of speculation now, like maybe Provorver get moved now, or maybe Sanheim gets moved now. Like, I get it. I get that Sanheim's going into his UFA year, but it doesn't mean they have to move him. And I wouldn't, because, like, this is the best pairing on your team right now. Why would you move it prematurely? I don't think you would. So I don't think Sandheim's going anywhere. If they trade Provorov, like, again, even if you bring Cam York and you believe he's a number two and you make him a number two, are you going to put Ryan Ellis at number one and then all of a sudden when he gets hurt, what do you do? You're going to put Cam York at number one then? Like, that doesn't seem smart. So I, I just, I don't see either one of these moves happening right now. I get why it's being talked about because people just always expect, well, you got to get something for a guy. You can never let him walk. Well, Nobody's saying Sanheim is going to walk. Maybe it is better to let Sanheim roll into next year because he, ha I believe he has done better with Risto, and we'll chat about that, but also just because you kind of need him right now. You can't really, even if they got rid of Provorov, right, and they say, oh, whew, we got rid of that, you know, six point whatever it is on, on his deal. Well, how are you replacing him? You're not going to replace him for that amount of money. I'll tell no, you. No, absolutely not. Let me ask you this, though, because you said this on our quick reaction video mm -hmm. for it, that you said that Ristolainen made Sandheim a better defenseman. Do you think that's true, or did Sandheim make Ristolainen look less worse? No, I think it's true on, on Ristolainen because we saw what a disaster Sandheim was by the end of last year. Now, if you look just at basic stats, and sorry, they're not fancy analytic stats, but if you look at basic stats, his point totals are up. He's no longer a minus 22, he's a plus 2. The team is bad, so it would be easy for him to still be a minus 22 on this team. And I wouldn't even bat an eyelash. But you have those things going for you. I see the difference in him. I've watched him before he was even a flyer, right? So I know what his tendencies are. And he's a lot more confident now going in the offensive zone, leaving Risto there to kind of tend, mind the store a little bit. He's a lot more confident with that. He's even hitting more now because I believe just because when Risto does it, it energizes the pairing and he's doing it a little more, using his size a little more. So I think all of that has rubbed off on him. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. And I also think, and you know, I said this on Twitter as well, that Risto has been better than expected. Granted, mm -hmm. expectations were on the floor. But mm -hmm. I think he's performed better. I do think he makes some real boneheaded mistakes, but I think they're fixable. And I, I never think he's going to be a great defenseman, but I think he's going to fulfill a certain role. He's not going to get the huge amount of minutes that a top pairing defenseman is going to make. And so I don't think ultimately if you're trying to do a retool, which is what he's Chuck Fletcher is doing rather than a rebuild. And his job is safe, by the yeah. way. We all could yeah, have to we know that. We, we know, know that. that. But some people didn't know that. Now they have to know that. Yeah. So I do think that there are worse mistakes that could be made than signing this contract. I'll say that. Would you like it better than when they had Andrew McDonald as an example? I mean, yes, I do like it yes. better than Andrew McDonald. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to look at it. I, I think you should look at it that way because I think he does fill a role. It is a role that's necessary in the NHL. And so I think right now it's a good thing to do. We'll see what other things happen around it. I don't think anything should happen around it because if you want guys to develop, you should at least have a decent top four no matter whether you're a playoff team or not.
Well, we'll continue to talk about this contract, I'm sure, as it becomes part of a set of deals that are done at the trade deadline, and we can reevaluate it in the context of those deals after we hit the deadline, which I think is also important to do. And uh, we've got a game to talk about coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you about Bilt Bar, because Bilt Bar is the thing that has been able to keep me sticking to my New Year's resolution to eat right. And have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they've got some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Bilt Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. And if you go to Built.com and scroll down to their macros chart, you're going to be blown away. Built Bars are high protein and low calorie, high fiber, but low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you look at a candy bar, it's going to have 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And their regular bars have some great flavors like coconut and mint brownie and white chocolate cookies and cream. New flavors are coming out all the time. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, including us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Rasmus Ristolainen celebrated his new contract with two penalties. (laughs) Not great. Man, the PK was, I think, a huge part of what led to this loss to the Florida Panthers. Although committing the penalties in the first place was the bigger problem, I think. But the penalty kill made it worse. Uh, The Panthers got three power play goals in two minutes and seven seconds of power play time. Yeah, I mean, they definitely dominated on that front. I, I, You know, the the special teams are always going to be a big deal. And you knew keeping up with Florida was going to be a big deal. And that's really what those penalties come down to is just when you're getting outplayed, a lot of times you're just, that's how you're trying to cover them. So it's like, all right, you know, but then that's where you're, you're right. The PK has to sort of come through there and they didn't. So, you know, this was a game where the flyers were never in danger of winning though. Yeah, I, you know, I had hope for a minute there in the second period when they came back and you do have to give them credit for that. I think they worked really hard that period and, you know, they outshot Florida and I think they grinded enough that, you know, they could stop Florida from taking more high quality shots in that period. And they just could not carry that over to the third period. It just reverted back to what the first period was like. It did, but I have to ask you a question. So... My basic question is if, you know, like that nasty hit didn't happen a lot. And it wasn't on purpose. It just looked nasty and it was nasty. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. and, and they stick up for their teammate and all of that. If all of that didn't happen, would they have risen to the occasion at all this game? Like, why does it take that? That's my question to you. It's a very good question because it did spark a flurry of offensive pressure 
after that hit and after Lawton was taken off the ice. And, you know, lo and behold, Kevin Hayes and JVR connect on a goal, which, you know, we haven't said those words together <laughs> too much <laughs> in a long time. And, you know, I I did, like I said, I, I really liked what they did in that second period, but the follow through just wasn't there. The end of the game bothered me a lot too, because not only did they get suckered into taking more bad penalties, I just felt like they weren't aggressive enough on the forecheck. And then putting Yandel out there with an empty net. I mean, I just felt like it was bad decision after bad decision. Yeah. There's a, there's always questionable deployment with yo and this, I don't know. Does he see like five good minutes out of Yandel? So then, like he erases everything that he hasn't done well and just hopes that he's going to do it this time. Like, I just, I don't understand it either. Like I, I really can't give you an explanation for it. I should be able to give you an explanation for it, but I really can't. Yeah. It's uh, it's perplexing a lot of the time and it just seems to be a pattern with this team that, they have like bad deployment, which leads to bad plays that for a game that was legitimately in reach for an extended period to make choices that just put you back in a hole. I mean, I was really upset, especially with the, you know, with McEwen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was brutal. Like, there was no he was reason practically for on him. the bench, too. Had he actually yeah. been on the bench, he would be getting suspended now. Yeah, and it was just completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. There was no real precipitating incident that required that level of reaction. No, but that's see, that's the problem. Once you get these guys fired up, guys like him, uh, sometimes there's not an off button. and And that's, you know... That's the one thing he hasn't learned yet. Yeah, it, it was very clear. Uh, you know, <laughs> there were several incidents in that game. Uh, Travis Konechny gets in a fight. JBR gets in a fight. And yeah, I feel like you're right that maybe just the on switch just never turned off at a certain point and you know emotions were heightened and you know you can't blame them for being upset because you know Lawton is the greatest guy on this team one of the greatest guys on this team you know and he just is a hard worker and he's like nice to everybody even though he has that murder face (laughs) um, it's not his fault no, you, you just can't help but like him. And so when he goes down like that, of course, you're going to be upset. But like, that's your job is to keep this under control, right? Right. And that's where, you know, there's a there's a little bit of a failing. And, and look, for the most part, you know, I thought Cam York had a good game. But, but there's some things he has to really work on. As an example, like I said, he's a very good power play guy. His shot is not great. Like it gets on that a little bit. But, you know, when he had an open net, not an open net, sorry, open shot, he hesitated and and gave um, Bobrovsky time to get to it. And then there was another chance where he did have some open net and he missed the net completely. Like those kinds of things, if 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 people out there want Cam York to be a top four guy next year and the Flyers do, then he has to start coming through on that. If not, hey, he's just not ready and there'll, there'll be a time when he is ready. But He's going to have to do those things to show he's ready. 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think that in terms of, you know, his decision making, I think it's there. He just needs to fine tune his shot, fine tune, you know, some of his uh, passes being a little crisper, especially on the power play. But, you know, he had one, you know, obviously on the power play, there was a redirected shot of his that went in. So that was good to see. And I think we'll build confidence that maybe he'll take more of those shots moving forward. Yeah. I mean, that's what you you hope between now and the end of the year. That's for me, that's what, you know, if I were coaching, I'd say, Hey, let's, let's work on this. Exactly. So my question for you is about Carter Hart, because after that first period, Flyers are down four to nothing. They chose to not take him out of the game. Like, what is your thought about that decision? Keith Jones made it seem like maybe it was his decision to stay in. I I still would have told him to to sit down and just don't worry about this one. Um, but for whatever reason, they didn't. And so I did not love the decision. And it's not because of the mental part this year. He's been fine with that. I didn't think he was fried mentally. He didn't give up a good goal in the last one. That was part of the reason that fourth goal wasn't great, but, um, and that was the only one that wasn't great, but it's just like, I don't know. Why do you want him to be out there for five? If he didn't need to now, this one got closer than they thought, but they didn't know it was going to get this close. So I, I just, yeah, I hesitate. And, it, and at this point, there's nothing wrong with keeping Jones sharp anyhow, cause you're going to be trading him soon. Cause after that, Hart's going to play most of the games here on out. Yeah, I mean, I could see it going either way with that decision. You know, if he insisted that he wanted to stay in, okay. Maybe uh, you give him that benefit of the doubt and you give him that courtesy. And, you know, he did perform well for the rest of the game. So uh, you have to give him credit for that. So, again, you know, if it was on him and that was, you know, something that he wanted, then absolutely yeah, I think that's fair. I, I can't argue with that. Well, that was a, a sort of a weird way to follow up the Ristolainen contract discussion from earlier in the episode and in the day where I think that was the main focus of all of our thoughts and then to have to shift gears into an actual game. Uh, I don't know if it went well for the Flyers, but, you know, some there were some good things there. There was a lot of bad things there. And as Mike, Mike Yo likes to say, you know, they just didn't have it in them tonight. And there's some things you can build on. But for the most part, they didn't execute when it came down to it. I'm, I'm uh, learning his speeches real well. By this you are. Point. I mean, that, that did feel like I was in there in the press conference for a minute. And, you know, in the end. All of that is true, but in the end, if you're not making many changes to the lineup, you're going to get mostly the same results. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up the week on some magical notes with our gritty thing of the week coming up. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, total player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to all of your other sports favorite sports coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. 
Bet online where the game starts. So, Russ, Gritty was pretty busy with that whole Marvel night that they did. Uh, I thought it was a ton of fun, and Gritty was also messing around with some other stuff. So we have a few things to talk about this week with Gritty. And the first thing is Gritty as Thanos. And um, I just loved the costume. I thought it was like just a perfect balance of the Thanos outfit and something that Gritty would just wear all the time. Yeah, I just I'm played out with Thanos. So I'm just like, Gritty, come up with something. Come up with something different, dude. Like it's played. I also appreciate that as part of the whole Thanos thing that the Gritty attendants or the guards were in Avengers costumes as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That part's good. So I think one of them was Captain America and the other one was Iron Man, which makes sense. Yeah, no, it, that makes total sense, actually. So I don't know. I appreciate when they do the theme nights and get into it a little bit more. So there were some uh, posts on Twitter with some still photos. Uh, we have a link to a video from Instagram and then some still photos so you can see the gritty attendance. I also appreciate that one of them was wearing the gritty fanny pack, which um, I'm very sad to have not gotten at the game Aww. that they were handing them out. Wish we should try and get you one. I hope so, because I just, it's so goofy, and I love stuff like that. And I actually use them uh, when I go out, like, on hikes and stuff. They're great. Oh, on hikes. I was going to say, wait, are you using that in public? Well, I mean, yes, but on hiking trails. No, no, okay, that's fine. But <laughs> so, you know, you put in a built bar in, in your uh, fanny pack and take it Don't, hiking. don't, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right. So in addition to all of the Marvel fun, um, Gritty seems to think that he's a magician of sorts and tried to do like one of those disappearing behind a curtain. Yeah. Yeah. Acts up against the glass and then like crawled up against the boards and tried to like hide Mm -hmm. from uh, some kids and some grownups, I guess. But it was very cute because they had like a video of one perspective of it and then somebody got another perspective of it from the stand so you could see how the trick looked right which was very cute and clever how they used like multiple different formats to make it work that was pretty good i I like a certain amount of magic so i could i could buy into that although he was no doug henning and for you youngins look it up i saw him (laughs) i saw him live back in the day and he was pretty good i still use him as the gold standard I liked him better than Copperfield, so but I've never seen Copperfield live. To be fair, yeah, I've I've only been to the um, the Magic Store, I think it's called, or the Magic Castle. Oh, you've been to the Magic Castle, okay? Yes, I I went to the Magic Castle once, and that's fun because it's a lot of close up stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the hand the hand stuff. That's great. I I love close sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun because like you know it's not real, but the fact that people can do that, it is a huge talent. Oh, it's it's a big talent. There's no question. I mean, not everybody could be Houdini where they're doing like this physical thing that could kill them. No, and you know, for somebody that's the size of Gritty and with um, that doesn't have ten fingers, you know, <laughs> it's um, 
it takes a lot to be able to pull off that sort of magic. So I mean, I, I do think, think Gritty has 10 fingers, but we won't get into that debate today. Does Gritty have? I always thought that Gritty was like the Simpsons with like eight fingers or something. <laughs> I've never really counted. I don't know for sure. All right. We'll have to take a look. But uh, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again on Monday with a recap of Saturday's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll have our nemesis of the week. And as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So you can send in mailbag questions or your thoughts about the Ristolainen contract via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steele Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.